2: What's better than this? I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting with NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. We are your hosts here on a Wednesday Hump Day edition of the Draft News Podcast. And Kyle, uh, man, what what's going on, dude? Like, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. You're in Philadelphia. Is it safe to go outside?
1: I don't think so. I think they're still burning piles of rubble out on the streets. Listen, I asked for this, right? Because the statement was I want Eagles fans to be put to the litmus test of how crazy they can get. And there's a guy eating horse poop. There's people doing trust falls off the awning and on a, a hotel in downtown. There's People setting cars on fire and listen, like the looting of stores and like destruction of other people's property, like that's not cool. But like the horse poop thing for me really stands out. That's like I don't know what the thought process was. I don't know what the motivation was. That's like, oh, my God, we beat the Patriots. Eat our poop, Tom Brady. And then it was like symbolic of like he just I I don't know. It's like, just, it's a really great summary of, like, what this place was like for about eight hours after the game. It was nuts. It was absolutely crazy in Philadelphia.
2: This team's going to be good for a while, man. Uh, If you think about just the makeup of it, and uh, just some of the young talent they have, and, and the players coming back, and... Carson Wentz back from injury, like, you know, you, you look at this Eagles team and think they're going to be good for a while, so um, it be interesting to see, you know, what happens, right, with
1: Nick Foles. And, you know. and that would that's that's my on-the-spot question for you. Okay. Where does Nick Foles play next year? You know, I, I started
2: really thinking about, I'm not going to steal, I caught, I stole this from Ben Solak, Ben Solak. I listened to their – the Lockdown Eagles podcast uh, where he does a fine job co-hosting with Michael Kist. And Ben said, look at pick 29 where Jacksonville has this roster comparable to the Eagles, but they had Blake Bortles at quarterback and then Nick Foles that couldn't beat the Patriots. And now they have Nick Foles who went out and did that, beat the Patriots. And, you know, are they – a target is pick 29 for Nick Foles crazy i also think that with the minimal investment that philadelphia has in carson wentz and nick foles combined you know 14 15 million dollars for both of those guys that philadelphia might just like keeping foles as an insurance policy with carson wentz coming off an acl there knowing that their season is not going to be derailed if Carson Wentz is not okay or he goes down again or whatnot, but um, I'm not so sure that Philadelphia is going to be all that eager to move on from Foles, given the insurance policy that he has, so uh, give me
1: Jacksonville or Philadelphia as his teams next year. I don't think it's Philly, man. I think his his value is never going to be higher than it is right now. He's on a one-year deal. Um... And this, this team is, is missing a couple picks still from uh, the Carson Wentz trade. So I... Mm, my gut tells me that they take advantage of the value here as being tremendously high for Nick Foles. Uh, and, you know, Carson Wentz, yes, he is coming off an ACL injury. Um, fortunately from all reports that injury sounded like it was fairly cut and dry fairly straightforward repair of the knee ligaments that were injured um it was not a a messy tear in any way shape or form uh i mean hey the guy's already able to get down on one knee just proposed to his girlfriend so congratulations to carson for that so uh the knee flexion seems like it's all right right so I, I, my expectation is you'll see Carson kind of limited all throughout the summer. Uh, they'll treat him with kid gloves. But I don't expect Carson Wentz to miss any time. Joe, do you remember Carson Palmer with the Bengals when he took that really terrible shot against the Steelers in the first round of playoffs in like 20, 2006 or 2005?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: He, he took that hit in the wild card round, which is a month later, than when Wentz had his injury, and Palmer's injury was apparently very ugly, you know, dislocated kneecap on top of multiple ligament tears, and Palmer didn't miss a snap. Now, I know that's always a hard comparison to make, but that was 10 years ago. And this is a position where the ability to cut is not really present all that much. I think Carson will certainly have to adjust his playing mentality a little bit, and I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, a ton of shotgun early in the year next year for Philly if, if Wentz is back on the field, but I don't think he's going to miss any time. So I think with them being far enough along between free agency and the draft, I think they'll let free agency shake out and see, okay, who's still hungry for a quarterback and kind of go from there before the draft and try and get some draft capital back. Uh, I think there there's ample opportunity. I think the Eagles uh, – are going to capitalize on the value of, of Nick Foles being as high as it is right now.
2: So where and for what? You seem to think that the Eagles will, will part with him. Where is he going? Listen, are they uh, giving up?
1: Uh, uh, you're giving up a one for uh, six-game sample size. That's a bit rich, right? Mm. I think this is the, I, I think you're getting a two for him, which works out because they're missing the two. Um, I think you give up a two for him. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins looks pretty likely that he's going to land in, in Denver right now. So, you no, know, that's, that's one less team in the, the top six that's going to be looking for a quarterback. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe Cleveland uses one of those multiple picks, he wants a veteran to to put in front of uh, maybe Sam Darnold. You know that, that hypothetical that we talked about a couple weeks ago, or maybe Buffalo Joe. Well, how would you feel about Buffalo as a fit for for what Nick Foles does as quarterback?
2: Yeah, I you know I don't necessarily like um, the idea of giving up much for him if they want their uh, their third round pick back that uh, they gave up to get Ronald Darby. Then you know I, we could talk about pick ninety six, but um, you know I'm interested in like long term, you know, just get this thing right for a long time as
1: opposed to right you know just a. a and make make no mistake, this this is more of a short-term fix for the quarterback position, whoever ends up attracting Foles, right? Like, there's no way you go into it and say, okay, we're going to be expecting a long-term Nick Foles is going to be our quarterback for the next five to eight years. Right.
2: Well, here's uh, two, two parallels here. Number one, Jimmy Garoppolo went for an early second-round pick, and he's got more upside than Nick Foles, and... Also, the Bills did give up a first-round pick for Rob Johnson. I don't know if you remember this. Back in late 90s, a guy who basically had one game uh, where he was off the charts productive against the Colts with the Jaguars. The Bills gave up a first-round pick for him. Obviously, he was a bust, and Jacksonville used that pick to to draft Fred Taylor. So, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll, We'll see what happens there. Um, we had a lot of success, I feel like, with our, our show on Monday where we got heavy into yeah. to a couple running backs, Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis. If you missed that, check out uh, the previous episode of Draft Dudes and listen to it. We wanted to do the same thing today and get into the two safeties that are at the top of this class, You know, kind of the clear-cut top two in Minka Fitzpatrick from Alabama, Florida State safety, Derwin James, and Kyle, to kind of, Kyle and I to just kind of go through these guys and talk about the way we see these guys and, and how they fit at the next level and and uh, draw some conclusions here. So, Kyle, I'll let you kick it off. You can start with Minka. You can start with, with uh, Derwin. And uh, let's get this thing going.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about Minka Fitzpatrick because he's tremendous in almost any role that Alabama asked him to play, you know, whether that's man-to-man coverage, up on the line of scrimmage uh, as as a nickel defender playing against the run as a pressure player off the second level deep middle uh, kind of that robber coverage in the intermediate like literally anything and everything that you could ask somebody to do that has the measurables of a Minka Fitzpatrick and the skill set of Mika Fitzpatrick, he's been tested it, and I I thought Minka was really impressive for primarily just the versatility that he brings as an athlete of his size should be able to move the way that he does. And you see it in coverage. Uh, I I really like seeing him walked out in in pressure packages and given some man-to-man reps. He's very good there. You can tell he has a background at corner. And I think that for me is the primary distinguishing factor between him and Derwin James. Uh, but staying focused on Minka Fitzpatrick. I think he's a safety first. You know, there's going to be some debate. Is he a corner? Is he a safety? Play him at safety because that's the area of the field that you can really highlight him. You can, depending on your, your pressure packages and offensive personnel, you can move him all over the field, and he can be a very reliable player. He's extremely physical. Uh, he's got very good range. He's got range to play center, center field at the back end. And he's got good ball skills and knack for the football. So I think you just go down the list for like everything you want to see from a safety prospect, he checks the boxes. He comes from Alabama, which has put out several good pro safeties in the past couple years. Uh, you know Nick Saban is going to have defensive backs coached up on how to play in the secondary. And then to throw in on top of it, he's just like an athletic freak for his size. He's got prototypical size and then some for the position. So I, I know I'm kind of just – Heaping on the pays uh, praise for Minka Fitzpatrick, but I think it's really well deserved. He's certainly one of the ten best football players in this class, if not one of the five best. Yeah, I like
2: Minka Fitzpatrick a ton. Um, I like him as a safety. Um, I actually don't like the idea of playing him at corner predominantly at all because I think if there's one knock on him is that I think he's he will give up a little bit of separation. Uh, out of his breaks. Um, and so, you know, you, you get rid of that by playing him at safety regularly. And, um, you know, you've got you've got a guy that uh, can really just do everything like you said. And I don't want to sit here and repeat everything that you said, but uh, some of my favorite things about him getting a little more specific is how well he squeezes throwing lanes. I mean, this guy, in terms of the way he is able to function in zone coverage, read the backfield, and just constantly – just really make those windows tight and and understanding how to overlap his coverage uh, very effectively and when to pass guys off and and how to make those 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 windows just kind of disappear or or even if they're going to be open for a second squeeze them as tight as they can I really love that I love his physicality Uh, and uh, I, I think that he's really effective as a blitzer as well there's been a lot of examples where they've been able to take him and send him off the edge or or even send him up the middle and shoot a gap, and he's been able to really affect opposing quarterbacks. So, yeah, I love the the skill set. I mean, he does everything, and and when you think about today's NFL, having defensive backs that are this versatile is so important because the offenses are so versatile, and they challenge you in so many different ways with so many different sizes of people uh, going out on routes and different skill sets. You know, you've got a guy like this that can be a chess piece to counter all of that, and I think it's extremely valuable – um, you know, for me, definitely a top 10, maybe even top five player in this class. You know, you think about the Colts at three would be a destination. You think about Tampa Bay would be a good destination. Any team could really use this guy. I think he's one of the premier talents in this class. And, uh, um, you know, I don't, I don't have any major gripes outside of just a little bit of uh, a little bit of tightness coming out of breaks on occasion and maybe his form tackling from time to time. But this is by and large an outstanding prospect.
1: Yeah, so just to follow up with kind of your gripe about Minka at the top of breaks, I agree. Off coverage is not, not a strong area for him as far as because he's so big, right? Like, it's just inevitable when you're that much bigger than most guys that play that position, the steps cover more space. Your footwork is crisp. You're going to have that little bit of lag time, that little bit of delay. Now, where I think you can get away with that and where I would love to see him played As they move him around, if they want to have him locked down on a tight end or something, maybe the tight end's flexed out wide, play him at the line of scrimmage because he's so long and he's so physical and he's so naturally strong that he can really dictate those routes immediately at the line of scrimmage and then work into the hip pocket where now he can feel you as you're carrying your your vertical route stem and feel where the break is coming instead of playing leveraged over top in off-man coverage and then having to try and click and close on slot receivers or more fleet of foot guys that way. Uh, But Joe, I just wanted to confirm with you that is uh, an area that I did see some of the same things that you mentioned. I think the absolute floor here is Tampa at 7, right? Like, there's no way Tampa has Minka on the board unless, you know, they just absolutely like fall in love with Quentin Nelson and they decide they got a draft for, like, need there's no way Minka's on the board, and they willingly pass. I don't think, personally.
2: Kyle, you want to get into comps with uh, with Minka before we move on to Derwin, or kind of circle back? Yeah, and
1: let's do it. No, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, who you got?
2: I- I'm excited about mine because I think there's there's one that everybody kind of gravitates towards. But when I watched when Minka Fitzpatrick play this this year, I felt like I was watching Micah Hyde, and uh, the role that he filled for the Bills this year moved around. Played a ton of different spots, even in the in the nickel and uh, the slot, excuse me, uh, playing in deep halves, single high, down in the box, blitzing, finishing at the catch point. Uh, same type of gripes with a little bit of hesitancy in the change of direction skills coming off off of uh, off of his breaks and transitions. But you know, just the the Swiss Army knife on the Swiss Army knife on the back end that can fill so many roles and do it well. I really thought that there was a nice parallel in terms of stylistically how they play and how they can impact a defense like my guy did for the Bills and even the Packers uh, so far in his career.
1: That's not bad. I like that. Uh, Give me Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Super Bowl champion safety Malcolm Jenkins with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, has been a tremendous leader on defense and extremely productive football player throughout his entire career. But as far as kind of their their pathways through the secondary and their strengths and weaknesses as it relates to Jenkins' role now versus what I think Fitzpatrick will have the most success with if he's tasked to do it, uh, Jenkins can buzz down and and tackle. He can be a high-value run defender. He can blitz. He can play the deep portions of the field. He can... They'll get out outside the hashes and play zone coverage or some man-to-man on guys. Uh, for me, it's just there's too many similarities between the two as far as being big safeties, long safeties, with versatility in their skill set. So uh, I, I don't necessarily know what to expect with the athletic testing between the two. If Mink is going to test super well or if he's going to kind of have more – Uh, Above average numbers, but at a tremendous size, that's still going to make it a really impressive combine for him. But I am expecting him to show off favorably with his athletic testing. Uh, So I don't know how similar those numbers will be, but simply strictly looking at strengths and weaknesses and the way that their NFL team should aspire to or has used them in the past, Uh, I'll take I'll take Malcolm Jenkins.
2: Certainly a great comparison as well, Kyle. Let's get into Derwin James, and I'll set the table here. Florida State safety and. uh... You know, a ton of, ton of buzz around him, it seemed like, from the second he got on campus and, you know, what he was able to do early in his career and then, obviously, the, the knee injury that derailed him and then coming back this season. The weirdest thing was earlier this year, listening to people tweet and have takes about how Derwin James struggled because that was one massive overreaction to a missed tackle in the NC State game. One tackle. That was not indicative yeah. of the way that this guy played all year long. And so I think there was this narrative that formed about how he's not back and he's, he's just he's not the Derwin James of old. And it's like, are, are you guys watching, like, the whole thing because that's just not true and it seems like it's nice now because now after the season everyone's taking taking a pause and going back and watching several games it's it's like okay here's the derwin james buzz back where it needs to be because i think this is a really good football player um i think he's a chess piece as well kyle like you know i don't i don't think you need to label this guy a box safety which i think is easy to do because he's so big and so physical and he plays through contact so well. like He does do that, so let's keep that in mind. He does have that strength to play near the line of scrimmage and, and affect plays in a variety of ways closer to the line of scrimmage, but if I need a guy that can that can carry a, a, a bigger slot receiver or a tight end in space, I have no problem thinking that Derwin James can do that. If I need a guy that can play in a split half, a split zone and cover a deep half or a deep third, I have no problem thinking that Derwin can't do that. Now, I think you take away from some of his strengths by playing him in single high but I think this guy can move and uh, you know I, I don't think he's I, I don't think he's got the same type of range as other center fielder type guys but he's a really good athlete he's got really good short area burst and I, I think he's a very intuitive football player that sees things well and and plays forward extremely well so Derwin James was great this season and he's an exceptional prospect and I, I think this is a really nice package, just kind of like Mika Fitzpatrick, where you can play him in so many different ways and be that chess piece to counter, you know, very uh, d- diverse t- offenses and do so many different things for you. Love, love the physical skill set, the athletic skill set, the physicality, the anticipation skills. Everything's there for me with Derwin James and um, just another outstanding safety prospect in this class.
1: Yeah, he is very clearly going to be my safety too. I do think there are some distinguishing factors between him and Minka. Uh, One of those being, as I kind of teased a little bit, I don't trust Derwin the same way in frequent usage in man-to-man coverage at the next level, the same way I feel comfortable with Minka if you're playing him at the line of scrimmage. So Derwin, to me, is more of a zone guy. He has all the athleticism in the world to grow into that role. Please do not mistake me when I say that. He is every bit as physically gifted, if not more physically gifted than Megan Fitzpatrick. But there are some technical pieces of his game where he's a little impatient in space and uh, can get a little over aggressive and then uses his hands a little too much at times when he's carrying routes down the field. So uh, he has to clean that up a little bit. But if you're talking about cover three and cover two zones, please use Derwin wherever you want. Uh, I, I think his his usage has really accentuated at Florida State, his ability to play in the box, play as that kind of nickel linebacker hybrid guy that's buzzed down to within eight yards, eight, ten yards of the line of scrimmage, and be an asset in the run game, because that's really what he is. I'm not making the comparison between the two, because I, I feel like I've got a better comparison as far as a, a pro role, but the usage reminds me of Carl Joseph at West Virginia, right? Where Carl Joseph, you know, you got him in the rare instances that you put him out as a single high. It's like, oh, wow, this guy does have range for a really long time. People thought Carl Joseph was just a boomer box safety until they had the chance to really go back and watch the tape and say, oh, you know what? He does have a ton of range. He's got great bursts. He's got really loose hips. Um, And he did that much smaller than Derwin James. So I think that the narrative that he has to be a box safety, I do agree with. Uh, I think it's a little misguided. It's just the usage at Florida State, and that's what makes scouting so, A, interesting, and B, damn hard, is the usage isn't always going to correlate directly to the usage that the player gets at the NFL level. So Derwin consistently walked up in the box, blitzing off the edge, uh, shooting up in the line of scrimmage and attacking runs at the point of attack. Well, he can play cover three deep down the middle of the field between the, the hashes. I, I certainly think he's got the ability to hit his landmarks there. He's got smooth enough feet. Uh, he's a really explosive athlete. But I do, do think he's a bit more of a, a work in progress because of his usage has played him so frequently up near the line of scrimmage that if you're going to ask him to do that, there may be some growing pains there, and the man-to-man component of the game. I don't think he he's anywhere near as polished as Minka Fitzpatrick.
2: No, yeah, and that's going to be a big separator between the two. Is is because I think Minka could probably cover just about anybody. Where when I was talking about Derwin, I specifically said you know bigger slots, yeah. tight ends. Uh, let's talk about his ball skills, Kyle, um, because I think this is one of the knocks that I've seen on him is because he has kind of modest ball production. Only uh, 15 pass breakups and two interceptions in 22 career starts, fairly modest for a guy that, of you know this type of profile. But I feel like every time he had a chance to play on the football, I thought he did really well to break on it. Um, really was willing to aggressively attack at the catch point, play through the receiver's hands and disrupt. And um, you know I don't I don't think it's a fair criticism because I don't think he's been had a whole lot of opportunities to break on the football. But when those pro- opportunities were presented for him to really plant and drive and compete I thought he played the ball really well despite numbers that were fairly modest.
0: Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet or TV. Plus buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE
2: or visit a store today unlimited data on their network video streams at 480p small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds if you cancel balances due. well-qualified customers full price 720 plus tax finance agreements required netflix for two screens terms apply
0: right now join t-mobile and get an unlimited family plan with netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone tablet or tv Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today.
2: Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply.
1: Yeah, you're dead on the money. It goes back to that usage at the college level. Uh, Florida State wasn't putting him deep in the middle all that often. And when they did, uh, he was very quick to drive on throws in front of his face and and did well to put himself as a position to challenge a lot of those plays. Uh, So Derwin, one thing that stood out to me about both of these guys, we didn't really touch on it a whole lot with Minka, was the physicality at the catch point itself. I thought Derwin, for a guy that's not tested a whole lot, at the catch point where he's the primary guy that's challenging the football and addressing the receiver as he's trying to catch the ball, uh, had really good awareness of you know using his size and strength and length as assets to him uh, to cut that ball off early or jar that receiver as the ball arrives or kind of jostle for position as they are both tracking the football. Uh, I do think that's an underrated portion of his game but again, because this isn't where he's primarily been used, people are going to see the highlight clips, and they're, they're going to generally assume, oh, man, every time I see Derwin, he's within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Uh, Derwin's not a player that you can really afford to do the superficial pass over on. You've got to really spend some time on Derwin's tape. And I think for me, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I spent probably three hours on Derwin's tape really being thorough with it, because some players you go through, you know. You know you continue watching the games to do your due diligence and, and reaffirm your notes. Derwin's not that kind of player on film because there's context required. There's some projection required. There's the ability to identify singular traits and identify if those are things that are going to be valuable to him at the next level or not. So if there's a lazy narrative around Derwin James in my opinion it's that he can't do those things he can't be the deep guy he can't have ball skills and be ball productive he just hasn't been offered the consistent opportunities to do so
2: Kyle let's uh, let's get into comps here with Derwin and, and I'll take the lead here because my comp really speaks to where I think his best destination where I'd like to see him go in the NFL my comp for him is Camp Chancellor and I know that Cam's more of a box guy, but if you think about it, he's also done a fair amount of split zone type stuff as well. And uh, I just think from the the play style in terms of being physical and playing into the line of scrimmage and really being able to be a tone setter on the back end, I like Cam Chancellor as my comparison there, and that's why I think the Chargers would be such a great destination for Derwin James getting a chance to play behind that really good defensive line, an outstanding pass rush that they have, being able to to have a player like him that can really excel in those short area zones, and uh, break on some footballs, and being able to really disrupt routes early, and you think about Gus Bradley having Camp Chancellor back in his Seattle days, I think that he could really take Derwin and put him in that role, and have a lot of success.
1: Yeah, uh, First of all, you dog, you stole my comp. <laughs> my, my comp coming to this is also Cam Chancellor. So uh, totally agree with everything that you said, where uh, I, it just th- there's a really comparable feel to Derwin's strengths that we've seen illustrated most frequently and the strengths of Chancellor, who is just a stalwart defender within 10, 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's where we see Derwin play. So, we just got done saying, or I just got done saying how this is a complicated projection, but there's a handful of roles across the league where it wouldn't have to be, and I think that's one. So, I am with you 100%, Joe. Cam Chancellor is a great common for Derwin James.
2: Well, thanks. And why would you think I wanted to go first? Because I had a feeling...
1: Yeah, and you were going to Say yeah.
2: that, so I had to. I had to take a little thunder from you there, man.
1: Do you have a floor for him
2: in terms of draft? Like,
1: when, yeah, in the draft, like, yeah, is there I, a, a I, pick where you're like, man, if he's still on the board, he's got to go here.
2: Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think it's Pittsburgh, and I know that there's a a thought out there that you know they really need to go off off, off ball linebacker, a guy to fill in for that shazier spot. And I agree, and I just don't know if there's going to be any value there at the end of the first round unless. Rashawn Evans from Alabama is able to slide down there. But uh, you think about some of their shortcomings playing against specifically Rob Gronkowski, who's been a a terror against the Steelers and kept them out of Super Bowls because of how good he's been. And so you finally get a guy that can probably match up as best you can against Gronk, assuming he doesn't retire, which I certainly hope he does. Uh, But, uh, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think at the end of the first round, the the Saints – or excuse me, the – The Steelers is my is my floor for
1: him. Yeah, it's an interesting place because you look at you know that Steelers defense in general. Derwin fits that mold, right? He's fast. He's athletic. He's physical. He likes to hit. I mean, that's that's kind of been the Steelers' mo in the back seven for a a really long time now. And you know they got a guy there in Sean Davis who played some corner, played some safety, so be interesting to get a couple of guys back there that have some positional flexibility and diversity and multiplicity and uh, I guess the, the question there would be who, who do they want to identify as the free safety and usage there but I, I definitely like what you're saying as far as the the play style and the traits uh, they check a lot of Pittsburgh Steeler-esque vibes for sure Kyle
2: um, we'll have to do this some more, getting into some of the, the premier guys and just just spending some time uh, chatting about it. So hopefully the people are enjoying this because I know we are enjoying doing it, and we got a lot of positive feedback on the Barkley-Geis uh, talk. So this is kind of our bread and butter, like as people, what we do. We, we watch football players, we write about them, we evaluate them. So it's nice to kind of uh, have a couple shows here to just laser in on that.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a great showcase for us as far as – where we feel we're at with the draft class, and you know, the, these a lot of these household names are guys that we've had tabs on for months and months and months now, right? So uh, I'm sure I can speak for you as well as I am that you know, I feel really good about where I'm at with all four of the guys that we talked about. I can't see much changing with my opinion between now and then, and it's really interesting because we're getting into top players at each position, and you know I just wrote for FanRag Sports today. Tremaine Edmonds versus Roquan Smith, which Joe, maybe you'd like to enjoy talking about that one in a couple weeks once we let that article blow over a little bit. Uh, that's another one where I, I think you look at the position group and there's a very clear one 2 right? Uh, quarterbacks is a little bit more hotly contested. We tease some of that with our, our Cleveland Browns option at one. Uh, wide receiver, I'm sure we can narrow down. So if you guys want any of these specifics, specific position groups with specific players, and have us go head-to-head and talk about them and compare and contrast and talk about strengths. Uh, please let us know. You can reach Joey's on Twitter at Joe Marino. I am at NDT Scouting. We would love to field your feedback, field your questions, and uh, take any requests that you guys may have. But that is going to do it for us today on the show. I highly encourage you guys to swing over to FanRag Sports and NDTScouting.com. We are waist deep in it now. Uh, we are less than 80 days away. I think we're... 74, 75, something along those lines, days away from the NFL draft. So it's time to giddy up. You know, we, we're, we're really working through this grind, and we're putting out a lot of great content every day. We hope you guys are enjoying it as much as we are enjoying making it. I'm Kyle Krabs, signing off with Joe Marino, and this is the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am just
2: a, I, I, I